This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. And we're back on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. The podcast by Catholic movie people for Catholic movie people. Guys. At my side, my boon companion, the Tim Man. It's me, the Tim Man. Tim, what'd you do this week? Have a good week? Been a while since you've been on the podcast. It's been uh, over a month now since you've appeared on this podcast. I don't think you're that sad about it. That's hard to believe, actually. Um, There hasn't exactly been a clamoring for my presence. Incorrect. Really? Boo Bonner really, really wants you on the podcast again. He loves it. Loves it. Where did he get his PhD? I've been doing a thorough internet <laughs> search. This man does not have credentials. It's a lie. So today's uh, today's topic of discussion will be a movie that I don't think many um, seminaries will be screening or anything like that. They shouldn't be. It's called Baby Driver. Although with the news out of the Vatican this week. No, that's not funny. And uh, it, it's called Baby Driver. Yeah. And it's a wonderful, wonderful 2017 film by the great Edgar Wright, whom I know you are familiar uh, with. Yeah, he did Frankenstein, long white hair, kind of albino. No, wait, that's Edgar Winter. Wonderful. So um, he directed Shaun of the Dead, which I'm sure you've seen. (laughs) Hot Fuzz and At World's End. Otherwise known as the Cornetto Trilogy. They I'm familiar sound, with his work. They sound great. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is an hilarious zombie farce. It's a parody of zombie movies. It's a genre film. And that's what this is. This is the genre heist film, but like the apotheosis of it. It's wonderful. Okay, I don't know about genre. I think it's a genre. Okay. You know, let's pronounce it correctly. Okay, is that essential? Yeah. All right, moving on. Tim and I work together. That's true. Well, we don't really work well together, but we do work in the same building. and same therefore, orifice. And therefore, <laughs> not on rare occasion, being the Catholic movie guy, will I ask the Tim man... That's me. ...to go to the movies I with me. I love the movies. Perhaps it's the end of a day. Perhaps we've been working hard. Perhaps more frequently we haven't been working hard. And I need a little bit of a pick-me-up to get me through the doldrums of life. I say, Tim, let's go to the movies. You love them. And what does the Tim Man say? No. Right. And why does he say no? Because he's going to work? <laughs> it's work time. No. Yeah, right. Not because he will do any work, for he probably will not. Dude, i got to make the rain. Yeah, right. But rather because it's this mythical work time, and therefore if he's going to do nothing, it has to be in the office. So he could watch a movie in the office, but the physical act of going to a movie theater would be somehow against uh, code. So once a year, I'd say... Once a year, on average, I get the Tim Man to uh, to relent. He, I break through his code of silence, and he will go with me to the movies. And that that just happened last week, and that's what we saw, Baby yep. Driver. We went Tim. to we went to the show. Yeah, the show. The, we the show is movies for people over fifty. And after the show, we went to the drugstore for a malted. That uh, that may not be true. So, Tim, I told you I wanted to see Baby Driver. <laughs> what were your thoughts? I thought that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I think really your first thought was that this was some sort of a boss baby kind of a children's movie where the baby can drive no, a car. No, I kind of heard about it. I just it just looks stupid. It had uh, you know the millennials written all over it, and I'm not a big fan. I'm just gonna look up the age of Edgar Wright very quickly. 
Yeah, he is uh, well, only seven years younger than you. So, are you? Yeah. So anyway, uh, not really for the millennials. Well, my, I mean, goodness is no, forever. No, but the actors are all millennials. Now, this movie has a, an incredible amount of, well, not incredible. It has a lot of violence, and it has a lot of the potty mouth and the profanity. It's exceptionally violent. However, there's no real sexual content to speak of other than scantily clad ladies and a little innuendo, but uh, nothing. There's some making out betwixt the John Hamm character and the hot, 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 hot girlfriend. But refreshingly, no nudity or any uh, of the sexual nature. No, that's true. I and think we'll get there to was that in a so moment. much violence that if they'd had a lot of sex, the thing would have gone into exterior. It stars uh, Ansel Elgort. Just rolls off the tongue. And he is best known by me, the Catholic movie guy, for his work in the Divergent series, which is best known by me, the Catholic movie guy, and the Catholic book guy, as being a ripoff of The Hunger Games. And I know him best from his stunning black and white photography. Nothing that uh, he did previously would lead me to believe he was capable of the chops he showed in this film. Wait a also minute, starring the wonderful, Adams. wonderful John Hamm, Kevin Spacey, Lily James, Cinderella herself, John Bernthal of The Walking Dead fame, and Jaime Fox, an Hispanic actor of some note. Hey, okay, a couple things. Number one, Lily James. I created a new category of hot for her. She is super de duper smoking hot. And Jamie Foxx's character I did not like. Shout out to Elliot for the hot ratings. Um, that's the Tim Man. You take the Tim Man with the Tim Good and the Tim Bad. You love it. Tim, yep. it's traditional when you're on the podcast, which is never, to give a fairly accurate but still fairly obfuscating uh, plot summary. So please go ahead. Okay, this baby is filled with spurlers, okay? So there is this dude. His name is Baby. B-A-B-Y, Baby. Baby. He's always walking around with headphones in his ears like a complete tool. He does stuff. Wait, can I not say tool? Are we backing up? What I meant to say was he is an odd gentleman, very annoying because he has these headphones in. But we learn after a while that he has a hearing issue, and so I felt bad thinking that of him. Anyway, he is hired to do this job as a driver, hence the name Baby Driver. So you got the name Baby, he is a driver, he drives. What does he drive? He drives cars for people who commit crimes to help them get away from the crime. And he is very, very wonderful at his job. Am I right so far? Pretty good. Keep going. Apparently he's being blackmailed by Kevin Spacey's character, who is a very powerful figure who uh, has forced him to sort of do this for minimal pay, to repay a debt. He must have stolen a car from Kevin Spacey in the past that had some goods in it. And so anyway, so bottom line is he gets involved with some shady characters, and each job gets shadier than the next. Also, he meets this woman, Lily James, the super-de-duper, smoking hot Lily James, who is a uh, quirky, effervescent waitress at a diner where his mom... An Yes, this is a kid who lost his parents, okay, to a car accident. He's close to his mom. His dad was a bad sort. And uh, I think it's because he, he died in the car. He got tinnitus in his ears. He likes to listen to the music to drown it out. He likes to make mixtapes. He's kind of weird. The whole thing is an extended piece of performance art. Now, if I have, haven't lost you by now... What happens is, is he's trying to get out of that world, and he sort of does, but he sort of doesn't, and the piper has to be paid. All right. So that's not that spoilery. I mean, really. And John Hamm is in it. 
Tim. Pretty good. Tim. Yep. You know me. The Tim Man. Pretty well. Yep. Not as well as you think. But I love music more than the movies, even. <laughs> I love the movies. So this movie it had me a hello. I mean, it's basically a, an extended music video. In a way. With the emotional heft and resonance of a movie. And it's a thrill ride because there's car scenes, there's car wonderful chases. That actually, to me, a couple of those chases rivaled uh, the Bourne movies for me. Oh, yeah. That's no, some incredible, I would, I would say so. incredible and, directing. And, and it is unspeakably movies. violent. Uh, the Tin Man and I have a very different scale of unspeakable violence because I wouldn't say that this movie was uh, more violent than anything I've seen this year even. But it is violent for sure. Well, it's I, a car chase heist movie. I think you can anticipate some gunplay and some crashes. All right, but I was at the siege of Stalingrad when we beat back the Nazis, and I'm telling you that this is more violent than that. Given your age, I believe that. But <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a close call. That's like a coin flip for me. I just, I just don't know. I don't know, Doug. Was it 1985? I just don't know. I don't know. So, the music choices that he makes, Edgar Wright, and, and if you've watched his previous films, music plays a large role in them, not to, nearly to this extent, but he has a very impeccable taste for music. He also has a very uh, great love for Queen, it's apparent, and one of the Queen songs plays uh, a prominent role here, Brighton Rock. But And also just, Sheer Heart Attack. It's just great because it's not a realistic movie in any way. But you feel like within the world, it's a lot like a Coen Brothers movie in that sense, that within those unrealistic world, these the characters' actions are execrable and they, they make sense for them. And I bought in. I just totally bought in. I'll go beyond that. I didn't want to go see this movie. I didn't want to go see any movie. I did it as a favor to you. The movies. Then I went, didn't want to go see this movie. I was determined not to like it. And I found myself loving it despite... You Everything. It is really fantastic. It was extremely entertaining. One of the best things about it to me was the economy of telling his backstory. It would have been very easy to, linear, in a linear manner, tell his story, show him as a young child, his mom's getting beaten, they're, they're, she's a singer, he likes music, they give him an iPod, he gets in a crash, blah, 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 and then show him as the baby driver with headphones in all the time. Rather than that, they do a sort of mini Pulp Fiction way of explaining his backstory with vignettes, clips from the past, character dialogue, his own actions. It's absolutely wonderful. And I don't know what linear means, uh -huh. but uh, I agree with you. What I liked about that was when I first saw this guy, I thought, typical AWOD who wears headphones in his ears, I mean, earphones all the time. I hate that. They cross the street, car almost hits him. They order and they're wearing these things, and you're thinking, how rude is that? And it turns out, of course, that he's got a very real reason to wear them, and it makes sense because if he didn't have them, he couldn't hear much better anyway. And so it makes you think, why am I judging people all the time? And that was a, a big uh, epiphany for me, the Tim Man. And the music, the music does two things for the, the story. One, it flushes out his character in the sense of providing... The very existence of his love for music provides a backstory of his childhood, his trauma, etc., and his motivations going forward. But the music itself is not only cathartic for him as a character, it also is like him speaking to you without speaking. Throughout this movie, it shows how emotionally stunted the guy is, because 
even the lines he says to people, he can only get them from music yeah. or from the TV he watches with his foster father on closed captioning. It's awesome. It's fantastic. Although, you know, initially I thought, okay, they're, they're doing the social engineering because his foster father is a deaf, deaf, disabled, disabled. black elderly gentleman. I mean, they just loaded up all of the uh, movie cliches, but it makes sense in the That's context because true. he had hearing loss. Yeah. It makes sense why they put him with uh, a hearing exactly. issue. Father. Another way of this, this book defies you to judge it by the cover. It really is fantastic. And so, um, oh, what was he going to say? So these music choices, he makes these mixtapes and he has these quotes from movies. He, he was raised by, by media. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you just brought to my mind I'd never really considered, but I think another reason this movie is uh, striking a nerve, it has a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't see anything wrong with it, but uh, I think one of the reasons is that we as a world, this is way meta, way not with the director intended, but maybe subconsciously, we as a world have lost our patrimony, our heritage, and we are emotionally stunted. And one of the only ways that we can connect beyond ourselves are through the the culture, so-called, the media items that we consume, these pop songs that may appear somewhat slight or simplistic, these ch- even children's movies, Pixar movies. They provide a cultural framework to become an adult where you aren't learning from your own, your own, uh, your own father and mother. He is, I mean, the name Baby... It's yeah. obviously done, but he really emotionally is a baby in a way. And this, the great thing about the movie is that everybody's in this uh, criminal enterprise, and they're various characters, and they all have names. And you learn over the course of the movie that they're not their real names. And their names are so mundane and ordinary, and they all seek to avoid who they really are, so they take these personae. Um, and Babies is no exception. And at the end of it, we find out his name. I won't tell you what it is. But it's a wonderful name. What? It's, what a, it's a, I mean, I guess it's a fine name. So. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, two points that just came to mind of that. One, criminal enterprise. I think we've talked about this in the past. One of the reasons that, like Miller's Crossing, despite containing all to some degree immoral characters, doing immoral things in a immoral milieu where the rules are out the window, despite that, it teaches some us some great moral truths. Same thing in this movie. Everyone, more or less, has blood on their hands. But within that universe, to exercise certain acts of virtue really make you stand out and show, point the way to what goodness, truth, beauty is. And, and Baby's character in this milieu is a good person, despite his you know, essential badness. Right. I think you can go to see this movie for the action. Car chase movie. Exciting movie. And it's great for that. No problem. And it's not like it's. But you, but you, but again, it's not Brideshead. It doesn't have that level of depth. No, but of it course does not. have some depth to it, considering everything else around it. It's remarkable to me that it's as deep as it is for as shallow as it seems to be. Right, and one of the things that we, the reason I started the podcast, we talked about it before we did this. You were like, should we do this on the podcast? Even in the the milieu of an action movie, you can choose something that is the best of its type that is not only aesthetically pleasing and artistically meritorious but that has themes that are a reward beyond just I'm enjoying this movie and you don't just let the movie wash over you you examine in this in the context of this movie what is the movie teaching us what is the movie trying to say what 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 are these characters what is the virtue in them and one of the things i noticed in this movie 
in many lesser action movies, and pretty much everyone in the 80s, there is some sort of a sex scene or nudity or whatever. And in this movie, by contrast, not only do they avoid that whole thing and make you know just some oblique references to that, that, that are totally believable in the context of the movie, but the romance between Lily James and Baby is not just free from on-screen bad content. It's free from any hint of impropriety. It is an almost winsome romance between two characters who are innocent, who truly desire something beyond themselves and beyond mere pleasure. And I, I thought the way they handled that was really great. I would say it's the rejection of young people today for what they sense is the robbing of the traditional Latin mass and history and sound government. And they want something better than their bad parents gave them. Essentially, the Holy, Ch- uh, Holy Church is what they're looking for. Wow. I know, oh, it's crazy. No. Yeah, well, you, uh, you took it there. Yeah. Yeah, you went there. And I, I mean, I see what you're saying totally, but... But aesthetically, it's really cool. It's real good. It's got a cool vibe about it. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is they're long, they experience a longing like we all do for for love on earth and for more than Truth, what they've been given. Life. But the way it plays out in the movie, to me, is very pleasing. In addition to being realistic, it's something that I don't see much of in films today. Though I mean, those people would definitely, in any other movie released in 2017, be betting one another. And I want to say without spoiling it, this is not a spoiler, but there is a, um, a vengeance scene in this movie, which in the you know in real life, of course, is wrong. But in the context of the movie, you, you want certain people to, to get what's coming to them, and one of the characters gets what's coming to them in such a satisfying way that I have never been so satisfied in a movie before. And I want to say off that, that this movie uh, illustrates kind of the, the reason I like Breaking Bad so much, despite, again, violent content, vulgar content. In the Breaking Bad universe, as an allegory, each one of the characters is pretty much punished for what they do in the proper measure. In this movie, every one of the characters is punished to the extent they should be. I mean, it's a pretty... Uh, rough karmic justice done in the movie and I always like to see that because I think within the within a fictional universe in real life we know not everyone in the temporal realm gets punished exactly you have to wait till eternity but within the movie it's nice to see that uh, the, the, the virtue is uh, measured properly I have a huge complaint about the movie utilizing music as much as it does there was not a single Bob Dylan track I will grant that. That is a serious mark against this movie. I kept waiting for the Bob song, kept waiting, kept waiting. However... You love it. I love it. But I will say that to mitigate that damage, they did mention a Bob song in the movie. And that's pretty good. At least he did get mentioned. Do you remember? Okay, hit me. He's knocking on Heaven's door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do yeah. remember that, actually. All right, in, in, it, in a really good scene, it, But too. they didn't play it. No, but it was a good scene. So they, they, paid, yeah. on, they paid homage to the king. Yeah! Finally, this movie did one of those things that is the reason I go to the movies. Because <laughs> I've seen many movies, many, many movies, many bad movies. But this movie gave me something I'd never quite experienced before. The show. The show. I've never seen a movie utilize music to that manner and to that degree of success as it was in this movie. I mean, obviously I've seen musicals and I've seen movies that you know, where the soundtrack plays a large role in the film, like Oh Brother Where Art Thou? 
and uh, Inside Lewin Davis, movies like that. So I'm not saying that's you know like completely unique to utilize the soundtrack as a storytelling aid. Obviously, to every movie does that to some extent, but to utilize someone what someone's listening to on the radio and the iPod to express what they're feeling and transition between scenes and ideas and themes. I think uh, in this in this movie, I've never seen it done quite like that, and I thought that was really cool. Kevin Spacey can act. Oh, Kevin Spacey was awesome. I mean, really, it's a very one-dimensional character. And yeah. you've seen this kind of character in many films, but he carries it up just fine. And Jamie Foxx played one of the most hateable people I've ever seen on screen in any movie. I mean, really. I don't know how much he was acting. Tim's a Jamie Foxx fan. So, Tim. Yes. The long and winding road that brings me to you. What, Tim? <laughs> what, Tim, pray tell? Do you give it out of ten? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie, strangely enough, 8.5 Baby Drivers. No, no, no. That's that's my thing. You do the Tim Man's. Okay. Does Tim Man. 8.5. The Tim and 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 the Tim. I didn't even count them. I don't know. It might have been nine and a half. Tim, your opinion is extant, but I'd rather get the opinion of someone a little more extant. Hi, honey. Oh, hi. How are you? Better now. Aw, that's so sweet. Hi, honey. You know that movie, Baby Driver? Yeah, I know of it. Did you like that? Well, I seem to hear things that I would like it, but I didn't get to go see it. Well, why would that be? I don't know. I think my husband, the Catholic movie guy, has seen it twice. Neither time was I with him. Well, he sounds horrible. He sounds absolutely terrible and wretched. Yeah. No, he's pretty great, but in this case... Oh, Stockholm Syndrome! Come on! (laughs) Honey, honey, we're going to write this... Honey, honey, Oh, stick with me, and we're going to write this wrong, okay? Oh, okay. Okay, and I you lo- get to see it a third time? No comment. Goodbye! There you have it. The Catholic movie gal likes me. The Tim Man. Thoughts, Tim? Well, I think the podcast was a tad deficient. We haven't talked about the lead actress in the movie. The great mini-driver. Oh, you know, that was so bad. Uh, that long pause you heard was me getting ready to go back and uh, erase that joke. I guess it's a joke, but it's it's. Uh, I think it's actually gold now that I said on it. I gotta so, tell you, every shot of Mini Driver is a close-up. Think about it. So, no one asked me, but I guess I'll go ahead and give my rating as the hey, definitive Steve, what Catholic movie. what did you movie. think? What did I think? Well, I'll tell you. I would give this 9.25 iPods iPods, 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 iPods. Eyes pod. 
Tim, that's it for this week. We didn't really have any intellectual content because Bo wasn't here. But I thought you brought your A game. Everything I say is intellectual. Let me say this. If you like Bo Bonner more than me, stick it. The Tim Man. Inspirational as always. Thank you. Until next time, what will we watch? What will we do? What will we say? Does anyone care? I don't know. I'm the Catholic movie guy, and I'm out. See you later.